KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues, masks have become a key weapon in the fight against the virus. But they also have been the source of controversy, as a divided country has been divided on whether face coverings are really necessary. Well, the Association of American Medical Colleges has come out with consensus guidance on face masks. When they should be worn, where they should be worn, what you should look for in an effective mask, and most importantly, just how important they are in this fight against COVID-19. For more on this, we spoke with Dr. Atul Grover. He is the executive director of the AAMC Research and Action Institute. Really important conversation. Give a listen. So let's talk in broad strokes here to start. Uh, What is this guidance the AAMC is putting forth here? Well, I appreciate you having us on. And what we really try to do, we put out a a new roadmap for COVID, sort of a reset of where we need to be as a nation back on July 29th. And one of the things that we did was to try and identify existing gaps where we still need to have clear guidance and better uh, assimilation of the evidence. Um, And one of those areas was how we should be and whether we should be wearing face masks or face coverings. Um, We've had people talking about it, but we really tried to get this down to as uh, well evidenced and as simple a way as we could put it. And I would say the easiest thing I could tell you is if you're inside or outside, if you're over two years old, if you're anywhere within six feet of another person who's not living with you, you should be wearing a face mask inside or outside. Are face masks really the key until we get a vaccine? They're part of the key. And I think, you know, there's there's one of the, the three things that we can do as individuals and probably um, the first or second most important one is keeping six feet or more away from other people that we don't live with wherever possible. If you are within that six feet distance, you want to wear a face mask and then washing your hands or sanitizing your hands frequently throughout the day, not touching a lot of surfaces, not touching your face Uh, not touching your mask where possible. That's what you and I can do as members of the general public. And then we need to give our scientists and our clinicians and first responders a little breathing room, a little time. And that's how we can do that. That's the best way we can be respectful of them and to help protect ourselves and our loved ones. When I'm out, I see really kind of the gauntlet of masks from some stuff that's really intense to somebody who's tied a dress shirt around their face. And I'm not making that up. Uh, What are the keys to a good mask? If we're trying to do our best here and we're really out there looking, what should we be looking for? Well, you want to find something that's cloth that has at least two layers, if possible. Three layers is ideal. And the idea here is very simple from a scientific perspective. You want as many barriers between you and the outside as possible. There was a study that was released uh, late last week by researchers at Duke University in Science. And what they said was, you know, basically everything that you could choose uh, with the exception maybe of, of one thing, um, is going to be better than not wearing a mask or a face covering. Where they found an exception was with a fleece gaiter. And it's likely that because of the shape of that, the looseness, the ability for stuff to escape on the sides, and also the fact that that material is probably not as tightly woven together and easier to breathe through, uh, it's going to let more stuff out. So the 
key here really is making sure that you have appropriate numbers of layers, that you have something that, you know, does make you feel like you've got a barrier in front of you. If it feels easy to breathe through, it's probably not as effective. And you want to make sure that you have those seals both above the nose, below the chin, around the mouth so that you're not just breathing out to the side or on top of your mask. I see a lot of people that have a mask on, but it's under the nose. Either it's slipped down and they've left it there or it almost looks like they designed it or set it to are that is that effective at all or is that really kind of defeating the purpose well i i would say it's it's defeating the purpose you're essentially you know think about the mask as a as a simple barrier you're trying to hold as much of your own exhalation coughs sneezes in in your own space right and have those droplets hit the mask Anywhere you let that escape is going to make it less effective. And I'll leave it to uh, radio personalities like yourself to come up with a pithy line. So maybe you can, you know, pull your mask up, put a mask on it, whatever you can do. Um, we need your help in, in helping people understand that, you know, when I point at your nose, it may not be that you've got snot coming out of it and I need you to wipe it. It may be, I just need you to pull your mask up. So help me out with that as you do your show, please. How important is it to, to kind of mainstream masks and to 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 make it something that that people are are used to because amazingly i it still kind of amazes me they've managed to become political but how important is it to just get this into the mainstream where it's just part of life you grab your wallet you grab your keys you grab your cell phone add the mask to that that's it if you're grabbing your phone grab your mask bring it with you you know, um, yes, there are times you don't need to wear it, but you don't know when that's going to be. And the safest thing to do is to wear it. I think what's a challenge, look, we're all frustrated. You know, I believe people are doing the best that they can. They're trying to do the right thing. They want to protect their kids and their parents and their siblings and their spouses. Um, but people are frustrated. They're frustrated with, you know, the limits to, to their own ability to move freely. They're, they're frustrated with the fact that science evolves and that, you know, um, sometimes you've got to change along with it. And I understand that. Um, normalizing masks is not something we've done in this country. I continue to get up every day and walk around. If I go to the grocery store, I feel like, you know, I've, I've woken up in some post-apocalyptic movie. It is not natural for us as Americans. We're asking you to get beyond that and do something for yourself, for your neighbors, and, and for Pete's sake, do it so that the scientist that's out there that's going to discover the vaccine faster, that's going to discover a treatment faster, doesn't get killed, right? You know, think about what we can do here to advance that for each other. Yes, it feels stupid. Yes, it's uncomfortable. You know what's more uncomfortable? Getting intubated and put on a ventilator. Trust me, you don't want me doing that to you. To wrap up here, because I know you've, you've got limited time, but you mentioned the the reset you talked about that you released at the end of July. Yeah. Obviously, masks are a big part of that. Are there any other things from that reset you'd like to bring to the attention of the people? You know, we're still not where we need to be on supply chain of uh, protective equipment. We want to protect not only you and I uh, and the general public, but also pay particular attention to our first responders, clinicians out there. So making sure we continue to put pressure on on having masks, gowns, gloves available for our frontline um, heroes is really critical. We want to do the same thing when it comes to the supplies of the different pieces we need to do testing. One of the challenges with testing right now is 
we've constantly, you know, our academic labs, places you've gotten Philly from Temple to, to Jeff to, to Penn, you know, they don't have the reagents they need. They don't have the solutions they need. They don't have the swabs they need. That's ridiculous five months into this. We have got to get on top of that supply chain. And before it becomes a problem, we need to think about it for vaccines because it's not just the vaccine and producing it in an amount that's enough to get to people. I need syringes. I need needles. I need gloves. I need alcohol swaps. We've got to be thinking about all this stuff. I know the DOD is, is part of this now. I really hope they've got some great expertise in thinking about supplies and supply chain. Uh, the private sector, our hospitals, our clinicians have also thought about this. We need to get everybody on board to make sure that we're thinking about all these things ahead of time. And I, I, I can't stress enough, you know, I vaccinate my children. We make sure vaccines are set to the highest standards in this country as, as possible. Um, we're aware and we translate any potential side effects, which are generally very minimal. We're going to do the same with this vaccine. We know that vaccines are effective. It may not be 95 or 100 percent effective, but they're effective and we need all the help we can get. So I really encourage people, pay attention to this space. Come back to our website at doubleamc.org frequently. As we get new information, whether it's about vaccinations or testing or anything else, we're going to put it up there because we, we want to be in this together. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 